Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I am Deb, and Doug and I just wasted 20 minutes talking about random crap because, no, that's just what we do. We're putting the app in crap. There, there's only one. You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Well, not. I'm saying phonetically. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. So, um, I think I've mentioned before I have the CBS app on my phone, because I like to, you know, catch up on my, uh, my Big Bang Theory, and it used mm-hmm. to be How I Met Your Mother while I'm at work, and they premiered a new show called Bad Teacher, which looks... Based fu- on the movie. Yeah, which looks fucking terrible, except for the fact that Ryan Hansen's actually on it. Dick from... No, I know who Mars. he is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who he'd play. He's the gym coach. Really? Yeah. Jason Segel was the gym coach. Yes, but like I said, he's he's the Jason Siegel s character, and he's he's very charming and he's fairly adorable. But That's I just handsome. like I said, I just, I can't imagine actually watching the show and enjoying it. God no. No, it, it's not a great show, and as well acted as these characters are, they're pretty repulsive as people. Yeah. What the thing is about it though is that I was watching an interview that they were doing with him when he was talking about him and his wife, who is his high school sweetheart actually, oh. getting married, and they had Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard as their witnesses at the courthouse. Oh. What's extra funny about that is after they got married, both him and Kristen Bell had to go back to the house of cards set and pretend to have sex with each other. Uh, awesome. House of cards? House of cards. House of Cards or House of Lies? Which one is she on? Is she on House of Lies? I think she's on House of Lies. I'm on House of Lies. Slap the hand. You're going to have to do it louder for that to be audible. Phrasing. <laughs> but it's just... Morrissey more... sounds. Oh. oh, God, I meant to text you. You have completely and utterly ruined Morrissey for me. I barely liked Morrissey as it was. <laughs> and now I can't listen to Morrissey without thinking of that conversation that we had last week that I'm not going to explain on air. Mm-hmm. I'll explain it on damn. Don't worry about it. Are you actually going to explain it on... I might. I, I don't think you should. I, I, I don't think you should. Making fake Morrissey sounds when I come? Well, there you go. Spoiler alert. So, Doug, you've been watching a lot of movies this week. Yes, I have. <laughs> also, we're robots now. <laughs> Typewriter hands. Typewriter hands. Oh, God, nobody can see us. But, however, you have watched, like, a movie every day this week. Actually, I did the math. Um, I've been I've been adding the movies I watched to my Facebook profile. Oh, Lord. So I can keep track of, like, actually what I've watched, when I've watched it, within, you know, a couple of days. I did the math, and based on the day of the year, like, the numerical value of May, well... We're recording May third. I looked this up May second, but like based on like that's been a hundred and whatever twenty one days or whatever whatever it was, the math is if I did the math, I think I figured out I watch a movie, one movie every four days. That's pretty good. So approximately one and a half movies a week. You did way more than that this week. Uh yeah, I kind of padded the the numbers on this one. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, we're not recording uh, Shooting the Gap this week, so that eliminates, like, two nights of, like, network work for me, so, uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna, well, you know, and, like, I'll talk about it on the, on Damn, but the day job kind of took over my personal life this week with some... You had to do some new hires. Yeah. 
some human resources issues. And um, so I just kind of watched a lot of movies, which we'll talk. The first one I have on my list is Sparks. Sparks. Deb. Yes, dear. I'm, and this is going to be, we haven't done this in a long time. Uh, this is going to be, I kind of want to do a, not a rapid fire, but a fairly quick succession of love it or shovel it. Okay. We haven't done that in a long time, and I, I thought about that earlier. Well, that's my fault. But uh, no, 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 but, um, uh, and usually we did it with, when I had like a, we had a series of movies. Love it or shovel it, yeah. No. Sparks. So, I'm going to blow this guy away. Phrasing. Um, I just love the theories that that's his daughter, but anyway. Um, so, I watched Sparks. Um, it is, it, it's an indie superhero movie. Um, I came across it from the Nerdist with William Cat, who was the, uh, was it Greatest American Superhero or Greatest? Greatest American Hero. Greatest American Hero. Thank Believe you. Believe it or not, I'm walking, walking on, on air. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Greatest uh, American Hero. Yeah. William Cat was no, the main character. No, it's just me. But who could it be? It's just me. Believe it or not. Sorry, go ahead. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> meh. Anyway, <laughs> 70s references. Uh, seven, it, was that 80s? No, it was the 70s because like, I remember his like, god-awful hair. Well, God, and like, what was his name? Uh, 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 Richard Culp, I believe was the guy. That was the, the like, sta- the, the straight man in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, Sparks. Sparks. So, William Cat, uh, executive produced this. He actually ends up, um, I wouldn't say co-starring in it, but he appears in it. Um, it is a superhero drama uh, set in the 40s. I will say visually, you would really like it. It's that same like weird CGI world that, like, Sin City and the Spirit Inhabited. Okay, so they've got a very specific color palette. But it's in color. It's not black and white the way the Spirit and uh, Sin City is. So what you're telling me is it's very very sharp and very stylistic. It's extremely stylistic. Um, But the actual story is dark like Watchmen. Where there's a lot of... I think we've talked about Watchmen enough on this podcast. Well, I'm always going to have a soft spot for the actual comics in my I in love my heart. the comics. We have talked about the zero okay. rewatchability before. Um, but it's got that kind of um, kind of dark overtone. Okay. Um, in terms of that they're tracking a serial killer, there are copycat killers, there may or may not be rape. I don't want to spoil it. Um, there may or may not be rape. Who knows? That's who knows? the question. It could just... Stop eyeballing the cat. The cat came out, eyeballed me. It did that fucking thing that that one comedian, uh, what was it, uh, Posehn talks about, where he's all like, hey, I just ran in here. What's the plan? Don't have a plan. Run back out. Sparks. Um, I really liked it. The My issues with the acting were that it at times seemed a bit wooden. Stilted. Um, that instead of sounding like they were in the 40s, it sounded like they were in a parody movie about the 40s. Fast-talking high pants? 
Yeah, and that line would have been said by Clint Howard. Where he's all like, oh, you think you got the skinny? No, I got the skinny. You give me the skinny. Oh, this whole cat's pajamas is on fire like a wet blanket parade or whatever the fuck he would say. Um, you sounded like the worst parody of a Dashiell Hammett novel I've ever heard. Welcome to the dialogue. Um, oh, Lord. I, I did really like it. Um, there were some really dark, stylistic moments that... And William Cat is pitch perfect. Um, Jake Busey, surprisingly, does a good job. I like him when he's in bit parts. I you like know when he, he's not a terrorist on contact? No, I like him when he's in Sparks. I like him when he's in uh, Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. You didn't like him in uh, Tomcats? When he's hunting down Jerry O'Connell's ball? No. Um, Vice versa. Jerry O'Connell's hunting down his ball. Is it really? Yeah. Because why would I commit that movie to memory? It's a piece of shit. It's a terrible movie. That's a terrible movie. Just go watch American Pie. And be done with it. Um, Why would you even watch that? Or Road Trip. Road Trip is hugely underrated. No, Euro Trip is hugely underrated. Euro Trip is fucking amazing. Like I said, hugely I had underrated. that on underrated DVD. Oh, Bratislava, it's right here. Known for its tourism and... Dude, you made out with your sister! Oh. Uh, yeah, no, Euro Trip is... And that was what Michelle Trachtenberg's, like, kind of big break after Buffy... Like I said, hugely underrated movie for a few reasons. One, the running joke of Scotty doesn't know. Sung by Matt Damon, air quotes. Like I said, and then all the remixes of it afterwards. That keep popping up over and over, and it's a guy's ringtone. It's uh, Jacob Pitts who ends up being on uh, Justified, weirdly. The other one, every time he wakes up and announces that he's never drinking again. That's like your 20s. That's just how it is. He wakes up and... Sweeping declaration. I'm never drinking again. And then that fucking night. Yeah. What is it? Uh, is it Dietrich Bader is the thief in the alley while the... Uh, yeah, that's why he's... The he's nerd getting, guy's getting, getting a blowjob? Yeah, exactly. He's like, take my money, here you go. That's he's like, also the same... Give me the money, American. Like I said, that's also when they're in Amsterdam and... Uh, you know, Warrior Princess is the uh-huh. dominatrix. Lucy Lawless with the safe word. Like I said, and the safe word is like some, like, five-syllable-long Dutch word that Just you can't this, pronounce. Yeah. Just so you know, I will never think of a mechanical monkey with symbols the same way ever again because of that movie. And neither will Jacob Pitts. Um, I can't believe we got sidetracked talking about Eurotrip. Off of Sparks? I liked it. Um, Love it or shovel it. I'm gonna say love it. Um, I'm I'm closer to shovel it, but I, I think it's worth a watch in terms of indie. I mean, it had a lot of really good ideas. It just sucks. The budget couldn't help them execute it. That's too bad. Uh, next one on our love it or shovel it list: Cheap Drills. Cheap Drills. Cheap Drills. Cheap Drills. Um, that's David Kegner from DLM. Um, Cheap Thrills is the story of a. Working man, played by Pat Healy. <clears throat> I'm going to start getting seductive voice. Oh, I was going for more actor's studio. Sorry. Um, what is your favorite swear word? In a world where a working man, played by Pat Healy, fucks plants with his ponytail. Avatar 2. 
No. Um, they basically have weird sex with everything in that movie with their ponytails. I don't want to get off on a rant here. Cheap thrills. Cheap thrills. Uh, it's a story of a, a man who just wants to do right by his young family, his wife, and his young son. So it's a place beyond the pines? Uh, well, this it's a baby. It's, well, it's a... Whatever. I think he's just a 15-month-year-old. It's a baby. It's a toddler? Yeah. It's a midget. Um, and uh, turns out he walks out the door, sees the eviction notice, gets fired, goes to a bar to figure it out, mm-hmm. runs into his high school friend Vince, played by the unrecognizable and awesome Ethan Embry. And uh, David Koechner and his wife, Sarah Paxson, um, start kind of betting the men. I'll give you 20 bucks if you can do that shot before him. Okay. So forth, so on. Okay. Until it escalates into just this violent, drug-fueled thing. And it's hail is a dark comedy. I consider it more dark than comedy. But incredibly worth seeing. Okay. So love it? Love it. Alright then. Um, I'm not going to ask you the end because I don't want you to spoil it. I will tell you, at one point, uh, they get into a bidding war on how much they'll each get paid to cut off their fingers, and they're bidding down. I'll do it for 25 you know, $1,000. I'll do it for 20 Like, they just want the money. That's ridiculous. And one of them, uh, one of them do, cuts do they, off. Do they bet how many times they can light a lighter in a row before it happens? No, but at one point it's how long they can hold their breath, and that's when it starts turning violent because uh, you know Ethan Embry punches Pat Healy, and he's like, "Well, he cheated," and he goes, "Well," and, and David Koechner's like, "Well, I didn't say any rules. Like, it's just how long you can hold your breath. It doesn't matter what the other guy does." So that's where it kind of starts getting weirdly dark, like friend versus friend, and. It it, uh, it 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 goes from dark places. It goes from really funny places. But um, you said it's once again, seeing? it it, it could have gone. It could have gone in a way that was very slapsticky. I mean, it could have gone with like that, like, oh, like, go take a shit on my neighbor's lawn. Like, go do this. Like, it could have been really, like, dumb and funny, but it was really dark and funny and morally ambu- a- ambiguous. 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 Ambiguous? Ambiguous. Are we going to say it like that from now on? Knock on uncle. Did you say knock on uncle? I said nautical. It's not how you say nautical. Okay, we're actually going to skip to something else. What was it? Not uncle? What did I just say? Not uncle. Not uncle. So, non-canonical. We talked about this last week. Not uncle. But you actually finally watched the Equestricals. Episode they call it Bob because they have testicles. Of Bob's Burgers. Tell me that I was right and that was exactly your kind of humor and you loved it. You know my weird fringe obsession with bronies? Um, no shit. Um, I don't know if I'm a closet brony or not. I mean, I've, I've got a young daughter. She watches The Friendship is Magic. I don't know if she wa- watches the reboot off the top of my head. Um... You know, I watched the, the documentary put on by uh, 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 John Delancey, mm-hmm. 
obviously you were like, you need to see this episode. Well, if if not just for Paula Tompkins' character. It was just also one of those things where I was sitting there watching it with a friend, and it was disturbing, but I had no idea until the very last moment when he starts making out with the toy that that's where it was going to go. It went weird places. Come on, stay young with me, Bob. Kiss the pony. This and the fact gold-plated that mini that was once owned by actor John Hamm. Randomly. And the, and the fact that Paula Tompkins kept a fairly consistent keel on his voice. There wasn't a lot of modulation up or, or down. down. Nope. It was very measured and meticulous. This guy was, to quote Big Bang Theory, this guy was one lab accident away from being a supervillain. With his sidekicks, Pony Danza. Hold me closer, Pony Danza. He was Bronconius, though. However, you drove me out of my freaking mind. I was last live Saturday. texting you. He was live texting me during an Avalanche playoffs game while he was I watching. warned you. I will read the conversation. I warned you. Okay, yeah, like, that's where I start writing a novel. Got it. Uh, uh, I'm going to let out in public. Black Doug. Valley Girls. Alright. We'll skip the editing, the, the network part of this. Uh, I start writing, and at no point do I stop writing. No, it was my phone every five freaking seconds. Uh, every... Oh, that's not true. There was 2.48, 3.06, that's a good 20 minutes. 3.25, another good 20 minutes. Alright, that next one's like 9 minutes. Alright, that one's 10. Just read the conversation, Doug. Got it. <clears throat> Watching that Bob's Burgers, quote, I told you we should have watched Melrose Place reruns. LOL, first minute in. Pony Danza, prepare for live texts. LOL, so you've been warned. So basically I should have turned off my phone is what you're telling me. Non-canonical, LOL. Did you know Kurt Braunholder and Ron, Ron Funches are voices on that app? Which I did not. Uh, greatest app ever. And then nicely, later that day, left my own devices means you get an extra special gift. Which I did. You did. You got a bobblehead Loki. However, it was just one of those things where I was incredibly busy and you kept texting me and since I never turned my phone off and I always checked my messages... I wasn't looking for a reply. I was just looking for, you know, like, that you knew what was going on. Non-canonical. 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 That's how you say nautical. I love Gene. What, do you expect us to walk around like people with legs? Oh, Gene. I.e. Eugene Did you Burman. know that in Boston, uh, May... I believe it's today... Today's the first one. May 3rd, yes? Yeah. Is Eugene Merman Day. Um, awesome. Goddamn awesome. Uh, let us get back to your movies, Leopard or Shovel It. Ravager? That's not a movie, that's Arrow. Oh, sorry, you just told me to write down Ravager and it's in the movie catalog. Cool. Anyways, then let's move on to the Lego movie. Love it! You like, uh, Will Arnett as Batman? Have you seen it? There's a part where he tells his 
girlfriend, Wildside, who they keep asking if she's a DJ with that name. Um, yeah, like seriously, I laughed out loud almost the entire movie. Wildside, I'm Wildside. So you're a DJ? Um, there's a part where Will Arnett goes off to um, go party with the Star Wars Legos, which is Anthony Daniels uh, reprising his role as C-3PO and um, uh, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. Awesome. Yeah. And he's all like, babe, sometimes I, like, or he says something like, if I can't just go leave to party with strangers whenever I want, then this relationship will never work. Oh, Lord. Like, he says the most douchey frat boy shit ever. That's Batman. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. And everything has to be, like, shaped like a bat, black. Like, it's it's Batman. It's pretty awesome, It's though. what every... Oh. Okay. I laughed so goddamn hard. Morgan Freeman is fucking hilarious. Never thought I'd say those words. Um, Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks. I was going to say, isn't that a Chris Pratt movie? But yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Charlie Day as the 80s, uh, 1980s uh, Spaceman Lego, which I loved because... I have those. Then you'll like this. When you see him, his logo is half scuffed off, and the helmet is broken on the little chin part, because that's where it breaks. Like, they actually looked at old Legos and where the wear and tear happens, and factored that in. Did they do Star Trek Legos in the in the nineties? No, in the when? In the nineties? Mm, no. Okay. I don't believe they've well, done Star Trek Legos. Because I had some spacemen. Because I had some spacemen Legos. No, they did like general space people. That must have been what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so love it on Lego. Will movie? Ferrell. As much as you don't like him, Will Ferrell as Lord slash President Business. Um, is in the kind of in the same weird vein as like Mega Mind. Mm-hmm. He's the evil uh, mastermind of Lego World that wants to kill everyone with the Kregel. The Kregel. Kregel. What's the Kregel? Spoiler. Spoilers. No, no, no. no. It's already out. It's gonna be out on DVD like next week. Um, the Kregel is super glue, or crazy glue, but with half the letters rubbed off from use. Oh, got it. So and at one point, Liam Neeson, who plays good cop, bad cop, his head spins around. It's awesome. Uh, Will Ferrell's character decides, like, I need to get rid of this good cop, like, conscience, right? For, for bad cop. And he has a whole armory of real-world objects. So he... He asks for the scepter of Quitip. Is it a Q-tip? Wait for it. Uh, the scepter of Quitip and the Polish remover of Nail, which is a Q-tip and nail polish <laughs> remover. By the way, this is written and directed by the guys who did Clone High for MTV. Makes total sense. I it like is. Clone High a lot. Then you'll love that. Uh, I believe. Um, what's his name? Uh, not Chris Parnell. Uh, not um, Chris Parnell. What's um, not Will Arnett? Who's the one that played um, Warm Piss on uh, I'm Your Mother? Will Forte. Uh, Will Forte reprises air quotes reprises his role as Abraham Lincoln. I'm sorry. Every time I get a boner, I get a nosebleed. 
But he played Lincoln in Clone High. I remember. And he plays Lincoln. My sideburns are an inch longer now. He plays Lincoln in the Lego movie. Oh, Lord. Uh, Kobe Smulder plays uh, Wonder Woman. And in a very fun meta moment, uh, Channing Tatum as Superman and Jonah Hill as Green Lantern, who don't want to hang out with each other, or I'm sorry, Superman doesn't want to hang out with Green Lantern, and you can tell it's like this weird meta moment about like Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I love Twenty One Jump Street. It Are you excited for Twenty Two? Yes, I am. Okay. Like I said, it cracked my shit up. I love Twenty One Jump Street. I liked it a lot. The cameo, I mean, the cameo surprise at the end was. Really, actually, well done. Anyway, so the uh, Lego Movie. Let me. T- okay, I'll, I will tell you this. If this doesn't make you want to watch it, I don't know what will. At one point, the character dies and comes back as a ghost, which is the, like that glow in the dark, like over ghost oh, Lego. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's floating on the fishing line. Nice. Okay, this movie is CGI. They didn't have to do that. But they put it on, like, fishing line, like, you were playing with it, and he's like, Oh, I'm the ghost of this character. And you're like, this is, like, what happens when I play with... Oh, and Nick Offerman's the robot pirate Metalbeard, who you saw in the thing I showed you about Never Put Your Rear End on a Pirate's Face. Never Put Your Rear End on a Pirate's Face. Long story short, he loses his body on uh, on a mission against the bad guy, Rebuilds his body using like ship Lego, like pirate Legos, and somehow becomes a transformer. Uh, turns into a Xerox machine. The bad like little robot Legos are like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? They like start Xeroxing their Lego butts, and he's like, this will not stand, and like kills them. And it's like rule number three. Never Did, put your rear end and on a pirate's, pirate's face. No, on a pirate's face. But Nick Offerman, God damn it, Nick Offerman, you rule. I just want to hear him talk about woodworking for hours. And it could. I know. So you did have one bad movie that you watched. Right along. It's PG-13, A. They wasted all of their fucking, like, uh, language on just saying shit a lot. Okay. Uh, Almost no violence. Like, almost no, uh, like, graphic violence, which is whatever. Um... Now, I don't get Kevin Hart. Now, I haven't seen his stand-up, so maybe that might Some be... Some of his stand-up is actually really, really good. And that's what I hear. But in terms of this movie, I don't... And he was, like, in something else, too. Like, right off the bat. Like, it was right along and something else kind of hit. Um, that I can't think of off the top of my head, but... It was some romantic comedy. Yeah. It was the black equivalent of he's just not into you or something. Um, I, I I don't get it. Okay, you're tiny and loud. Who gives a shit? Um, and you're playing up against like Ice T, like a nigga with attitude. Like you mean Ice Cube? What did I say? T. He's not on an episode of Law and Order. Okay, he's making a PG thirteen movie. And are we there yet? Uh, Should we just stop talking about it? Because you're getting sad talking about it. It's not a great movie. I I really don't think there's one... I'm trying to think if there's even a redeeming moment. Um, no. No redeeming moments? Mm-mm. 
Nothing. Which is disappointing because we talked about this off air that it was co-written by Jason Manzukis, who is really funny and very blue and inappropriate. Um, obviously, I it I don't think it came through. No. Which I would have preferred had that had it been R and they could have kind of pushed the envelope with some stuff. Sorry, I've tried to yawn silently. Fail. Yawn fail. Fail. Um, yawn fail is one of the moods of Endor. I'm just kidding, guys. It's Yavin. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> I love that you felt the need to correct that. Stony Twitter jumping down my throat about fucking Ewok villages. So something I did this week. <laughs> um, I actually read a nonfiction book about New Wave. It's called Mad World. What was actually interesting to me about it's, this book... Uh, Mad World. Anyways, what was interesting to me about this book is they were doing a bunch of interviews. You know the lead singer of Dexy's Midnight Runners is completely humorless? Not like he takes himself too seriously, but he doesn't have a fucking sense of humor. He's a transvestite now, isn't he? No. Or he's transgender? No, that's from... Who am I thinking of? No, that's from Dead Alive. Right no. out. No, 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 the guy from Dexy's Midnight Runner. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Keep talking. <sighs> Kevin something. No. See, now we're both yelling at each other about this. Why wouldn't we? Anyways, but like I said, completely humorless. How can you write Come On Eileen and not have at least a little bit of a sense of humor? And you and I both have a really interesting memory connected to that song. No? No spaced? What? Come On Eileen. Uh, spaced? You... Exactly. Yeah. I love the scene. It's Well, actually, it's two scenes. It's the beginning scene in space. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the bookends of it. Like I said, it's the beginning scene in space where he can't not dance to it and knocks over some guy's pint and things go horribly awry. And it's the end scene where the same thing happens but everybody's fucked up on ecstasy so nobody cares. You ready to admit I'm right yet? Kevin Round? Well, I got the name right. I thought he went all weirdly... Yes, that's the guy from Dead Alive. Mm -mm. Right round. No. I know he's a trick. <clears throat> Am I going to have to look it up on my phone, too? Nope. Total transvestite. No, that's from the... Uh... God, what was the name of that album? No, the album where he wears a dress. He's not a transvestite. It had to do with the title of the album. You're totally wrong. I'm, so, I'm pretty sure I'm totally right. No, what's the name of the That album? single launch and... Uh, he's a goddamn transvestite. He can wear makeup without being a transvestite. This is a clown that stopped. <sighs> Anyways, other mm -hmm. interviews in the book were really interesting. I just got to the part of the book where they're interviewing the lead singer for Flock of Seagulls. Also hilarious. But there's a we only made money after Rock Band. Oh god, no, don't go to videos, don't go to videos, don't go to videos. Put your phone down, Doug, we're recording. So a bunch of pictures of him as a transvestite. That was for an album. My Beauty? Yes! You just can't stand to be wrong, can you? Logically to be right. All the time. I thought he was a full-on transvestite. Who no. am I thinking of? 
I told There's you. There's someone. No, it's not dead alive because I would remember that. It's it's some guy that had like a, a one hit wonder who like went right round. I was gonna, I was gonna say f- way far. See it, now I'm looking it up. Are you going to talk? Um, so Bob Hoskins is dead. You know, I can tell you, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was one of those movies that scared the crap out of me when I was a little kid, but I ended up really loving when I finally got older and realized a bunch of the irony in it. I loved the actual rights battle. Uh, the the behind-the-scenes rights battles of that. In fact, that what, I, I, I don't remember if it's a Disney or, or Warner Brothers when I say these. They're, they may be interchangeable or I may be wrong. But it's like one of those like Disney's character appears first, but Wonder Brothers character talks first, or vice versa. Like there was some, it was like one of those where it's like, okay, we appear first, but the other one gets to like talk first. So when you see the Mickey Mouse Bugs Bunny parachute scene, one of them appears first, and one of them gets the first line in that scene, and it does that throughout the movie whenever you have like the Donald Duck um, uh, Daffy Duck piano war. Okay, I remember um, that. I loved that, by the way. And that was... was Pete that, Burns from Dead or Alive, dick. Let me see. No. Oh, he is, but still. No, there's there's some aging one-hit wonder 80s transvestite out there. That, it's uh, Pete Burns! No, it's not. Oh. No, it's not. can't believe we're having a violent argument about this. And you're going to come back next week and tell me who you thought it was. And I'll show you, and it's... But the guy looks like fucking Rocky Horror. Like, it's fucking... But Pete Burns is an 80s one-hit Not Rocky wonder. Horror, I would say uh, uh, Frankenfurter, rather. Like I said, but Pete Burns is an 80s one-hit wonder that went on to be transitioning. A transitioning? Well, I don't know if he's full-on transitioning. I should probably read the rest of the wiki. Is that a term? What, transitioning? Yeah, is that... If you're transgendered? And you're transitioning? transitioning? Okay. I didn't know there was an in-between phrase for the in-between. You were such a dickbag. Transitioning. That makes sense. Why don't they call themselves Transformers? That'd be fucking wicked awesome. Hmm. Well, I was an autocock, but I'm an septa vagina. There you go, honey. There you go. I just pissed off a few of my transgender friends, I'm sure. Of which I actually do have. Not anymore. I don't know, deceptive vagina is a pretty fucking rad term. Or auto, auto, what did I say, auto cock? Roll out. I wish everyone could see me putting my hand to my face right now. Mm-hmm. Good lord. So Bob Hoskins is dead. Um, Roger Rabbit was one of those movies that really did, um, I mean, it broke a lot of ground. I'm glad it was part of it. Um, but it was a defining movie of my childhood. I did not get the joke about him going to the bar and getting the drink with rocks in it for so many years. I mean ice! Like I said, and it comes to him and it's With got, the Disney penguins? With the penguins from Mary Poppins. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I loved it. Like I said, did not get that joke about him getting rocks and I think it was a scotch or a whiskey uh, scotch on the rocks yeah, like I, I mean ice like I said I didn't get that joke until years later I also did not understand how funny it was when they're shooting the scene and I think he gets stars instead of birds when he mm-hmm. gets hit on the head until so much later 
Oh, and he keeps hitting himself? No, no, no. It's 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 some scene near the beginning of the movie where they're shooting. No, yeah, with Baby Herman. I think it was the baby. And he, yeah, it's, was it's it? yeah. Okay. Because he's uh, baby, he's babysitting Baby Herman. Baby Herman, by way, one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. So wrong. I also love the whole shave and a haircut two bits being the one thing that no tune can resist. Or Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, but yes. Yeah, well, I mean, he is kind of a cartoon character. Um, shave and a haircut. The question is, could Judge Doom resist that because he was the one starting it? don't really know, do you? Because it's one of those, he is a tune. Spoiler alert from a movie from like 30 years ago. Um, 25. 25. Speaking of things in that movie that are a little bit dated these days, the racist stereotypes of the cartoon bullets. Do you not remember the Indian? There was the Native American. Yeah. He went that away. Um, and was he has the tomahawk. Yeah. And breaks the bottle when yeah. he uh, he does like the test shot with the tune gun, right? Yep. Yeah. God, I haven't seen the movie in forever, and I still haven't memorized. Um, because it's awesome. The weasels laughing. Uh, was it, were they weasels they or were, hyenas? No, they were weasels. Laughing they're, they're themselves either, they at death. They were either weasels or ferrets, one of the two. I think mean, they were weasels. I think they were weasels. Yeah. And those were. They had some shady uh, ethnicity. Like, there was the one in, like, the zoot suit where you're like, you're a little Edward James almost right now where I'm really not okay with it. Um, But the crazy one with the straight jacket was always my favorite as a kid. Um, And they all smoked. Yeah. Like, they all smoked cigarettes. It's like, and Jessica Rabbit, I had that poster on my closet door from when I was eight to... Gotta be, gotta be like eighteen. Jessica Rabbit. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I cannot tell you how Turner. many Turner. how many hefty girls I've seen trying to put themselves in a red dress like that and thinking they look that good. She's literally drawn that way. It's an hourglass. Oh, uh, what's her name from Mad Men? Could probably pull it off. Uh, I want to say Anna Christine, Hendrick. No, Christine, Christina. Christina Hendrick. Yeah, mm-hmm. not Anna Hendrick, but um. Yeah, that's probably the only actress I can see visually, other than being redhead, visually being a real life Dita, Jessica Rabbit. Dita Von Teese has curves like that. Marilyn Manson's ex yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's got the hourglass like that. Okay. Um, but, like, like, let's talk about Hook. Oh. It's me. It's me. Um, let's talk about. What was the movie where he showed his. Uh, was it his ass or his dick? With um, Jim Judy Dench, it was the um, oh um, uh, Miss Pettigrew's no, Day no, Out or whatever Miss, it's called. No, that's not what it, I know. The movie you're thinking of, and it's not Mrs. Pettigrew Lives for a Day. That's a completely different movie. But it's one of those. It's the one where she wants to open the nudie theater during uh-huh. World War Two. Yeah. Crap! What is that called? Internet correct us. Oh, yeah. Because that was a really good movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah, but what is it? You see his butt. I think you see his butt Dick. in that because if, if I think you see his butt in that if I remember correctly they're trying to audition girls for this and there was a whole bunch of guys in there and they said it didn't seem fair that they were getting naked and the guys weren't getting naked so, so Bob Hoskins is like well fuck it I was going to see Mario yeah, he, Brothers like I said, there's nothing more embarrassing than that like I'll take said, my pants he off he steps up on that one and I believe J- Dame Judi Dench comes in at some point during that yeah um he was actually quite the character actor in his later years mm-hmm. he did a lot of stuff 
Let's do uh, Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Well, or oh. let's less said the better. Talk but about Super Mario but Brothers? I mean, you know that her DNA came from dinosaurs. Even though her dad's a mushroom, like her dad de-evolves a mushroom, like it didn't make any sense. So she was like a what mushroom. What were you thinking, John Leguizamo? Who's in Ride Along? Really? Mm-hmm. Ugh. He plays a spicy-tempered cop. You know what movie he was actually good in that was an okay movie but not a great movie was Summer of Sam? I saw it in theaters and I still don't get it. That was when Spike Lee was starting to lose me. I don't know, I kind of got it. It was about the effects that the Son of Sam killer had on this specific neighborhood. No, it was just about John Leguizamo doing lewds and shitting on his wife. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get that there was like that like kind of witch hunt lynch mob mentality like... But that wasn't that was the second half of the movie. The first half was let's do lewds and cheat on my wife. Unless she's wearing a wig, in which case I'm gonna fuck my wife because it feels like I'm cheating on her with her. Which was really fucked up and weird. You did a great job in that role. Tu Wong Fu, he was in there, right? Yes, he played Cha Cha in Tu Wong He was Fu. the only person that played a pretty girl. Okay, my favorite scene in that entire movie. Are you going to tell me that Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze were pretty girls? Because that's bullshit. No, no, I wasn't going to. I was going to talk about my favorite scene in Tu Wong Fu. is when they have to stay at the hotel and they get mistaken for uh, female basketball players. And they have the scene the next morning with Wesley Snipes in a skirt playing basketball with all of the other women. And he dunks it and makes, you know, the normal, like, face. And then he does this little girl skip afterwards while yeah. he's celebrating. With the fake braids. Yeah. That's my favorite scene in that entire movie. I know. Wesley Snipes single-handedly breaking down the WNBA. Pretty much. So weird non-sequitur. Proving that white men and women can't dunk. Pretty much. Weird non-sequitur. The most disgusting thing in the entire world is back. The McRib. Second most disgusting thing in the entire world it's is back. It's shaped like bones. The KFC Double Down. What the fuck, people? Chicken is bread. Bread is chicken. You know what? I'm going to go with Pat Oswald on this. Is is KFC depressed? Because that seems like a food you'd eat while you were depressed. Are you going on the, on the KFC ball rant? Like, I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't no, remember no, the, no. I don't no, remember no. the Pat Oswald Double Down. No, no. Bit. That's what he said about the bowl. But it's the same type of thing. It's okay. not, is KFC depressed? Because that seems like something you would make if you were depressed and you didn't want to leave your house. Got some chicken fried chicken, some bacon, and some cheese. Yeah, just eat it while you're crying. Just be crying tears of butter. You would be crying tears. By the way, what the fuck is kernel sauce? Excuse me? That's apparently on the double down. It's got some kernel sauce on there. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Donald Sterling got fired for it. Topical. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, kernel sauce. I'm like, what the fuck is kernel sauce? Is it like, is it like secret sauce where it's like mayonnaise and Thousand Island mixed together? No, that's Southern. Yeah, that is Thousand Island mayonnaise. Um. Like I said, what the hell is kernel sauce? I don't know. Maybe it's like when Kiss put like their blood in like the ink for that comic book, and it's just like. Oh, is the kernel's blood in the sauce? Oh God. Well. <laughs> The sauce is kernel! The sauce is kernel! 
So, here's the thing, though, is that, like I said, on the CBS app, they've been running that fucking commercial a lot. That and a goddamn random red couch one by McDonald's that makes me want to shoot myself in the fucking head. I don't know. That one's going to describe it. Don't. Don't. They have this ginger guy talking about the double down, and he gives this, like, weird, vacant, almost half-crazy look when he's talking about it. Because he's ginger and soulless. He's not an attractive ginger, either. But I'm just like... So he's ugly and soulless. Got it. Where in your marketing department did you think this was a good idea? Who approved this? Who approved this commercial? Well, compared to the condescending new Wendy's person, where she's like, oh, you're not eating your sandwiches? Fuck you. Like, that's her fucking attitude. Oh, did did you get that salad from somewhere else? Oh, I got this from Wendy's. Fuck you. And then, like, eats it with, like, this weird... I like how you've given her this whole secondary personality. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's... God. I don't want to say that on air. Never mind. So you saw a band that you liked this week. (laughs) There's so many to choose from. Don't ask. Um, (laughs) I saw the Manx. Uh, M-A-N-X-X. They're a great band... Deb, I played them for you. You know they're right, right in my wheelhouse. They actually seem to be pretty musically, instrumentally talented. And like I said, I liked their sound, and I liked their singer. I don't know if it was just your computer, but I'm like, maybe they should get a better singer. Well, and a lot of their stuff comes out on vinyl, so I don't know about the digital compression. That actually, uh, you have a point there. Yeah, I I don't know about the the actual um, vinyl digital on this. But um, extremely talented, like like. You and I talk, kind of talked over each other where you said, uh, right up my alley, and I said, in my wheelhouse. Um, kind of this weird punk, we talk about. punk, um, the, the closest band I can compare them to is the Detroit Cobras, because it's like, that's what they remind me of. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if Joan Jett started a, an old school R&B band. Yeah. Um, when I say R&B, I don't mean like Tony Braxton, I mean like old school, like rhythm and blues. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I really like them. So it I, also, this is going to sound so assy when I say this, but um, there's a, a genre in Japan called vintage rock and roll, which is almost what it sounds like. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much a throwback to that old... Like, and once again, the, the Detroit Cobras cover a lot of um, stuff from the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, and it's just that, that, that almost analog sound, but with like a... a, a I don't want to say a punk edge to it, but like a harder edge, a rock edge to it. Yeah. Um, an almost more sophisticated rock and roll. And only, I only say sophisticated because of the level of technology that we have in terms of like pedals and effects. Yeah. That it's got that like 50s rock vibe, but we have the pedals and distortion and whatever to play with now. A little bit um, more that we did that we, that we didn't, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Um, so I said I would give them a shout out because I love them. Um, uh, I talked to their singer Sarah and their keyboardist uh, Ryan um, and they've got a, a Facebook and a band camp I highly recommend them and they're on iTunes I found them uh, it's The Manx M-A-N-X-X so good luck guys and I will see you hopefully at your next show if not the one after that I, I will be there I fully look forward to supporting this band it's very rare I get excited about a new band being that I never leave my Bin Laden Esque cave. 
Bad metaphor. Yeah. Um, I wish people could have seen the face uh, for that. Uh, Meth- not Methuselah. Who's the one I'm thinking of? Lazarus. Lazarus S. Cave. Yeah, as long as I'm not comparing myself to someone who contributed to a international uh, atrocity, yes, yes, tomb, tomb is fine. You know but he came has. out. He came out, so to speak. Great. Now I'm biblical gay terrorist. It's not a perfect metaphor, Dave. So the Ravager. <laughs> it's not a perfect metaphor. I'm gonna start off with saying, called it. If you've been watching Arrow, which we are technically halfway through their season finale, because it's four episodes long, and uh, Guggenheim is right. Every episode is just a punch in the balls. Deb, you probably know that Isabella Rosechef comes back. It's not a shock, because uh, Slade pumped her full of the Marikuu. I said Marikuu. Whatever. Blood. Um, it's miracle blood. And um, it's American, and I'll say it in America. Um, she comes back, and blood has been revealed. The last episode was called City of Blood. Um, with Myra's death, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, which blood has become the mayor. Up, man. Um, at this point, What's the point of a secret identity? Because everyone pretty much knows it. Laurel comes into the what I'm going to call the Arrow Cave, for lack of a better phrase. Um, We're not going to call it his secret lair. No, because in the comics they actually did call it the Arrow Cave. Um, he was kind of a Batman and then so long clone for a while. Took it over. And then, yeah, like 30 years later. Um, Laurel's in the Arrow Cave. Uh... Uh, Ollie reveals his identity as the arrow to Blood, so that Blood knows that, like, you know, Ollie means business, that he knows he's the man in the skull mask, and he's working for Slade, and so forth, so on. Um, but the biggest one for me, and we talked about this last week, because once again, it's, it's a, 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 a kind of a, a, a favorite character by proxy, is that I'm, I'm a really big fan of, of Slade Wilson, uh, and by proxy, his progeny. Um, such as uh, Rose. Rose. Rose Wilson. Apparently doesn't wear underwear. According to Hero Clicks. Yeah, according um, to Hero Clicks, she does. I'm wear also the kids. you know fans of the other his other uh, kids who uh, joined the Teen Titans, but um, like Jericho. Yeah. Um, but you see, uh, all of the Miraku Mirakuru army, uh, all wearing like slate masks. Like that's kind of their battle mask. Mm-hmm. And you just see Isabella Rosechef kind of kick the shit out of Diggle for a second, where you're like, oh, they're, they're going to face off in the next episode. And she's wearing, like, uh, a Slade mask, but with the uh, kind of mouth cut out. Interesting. And it's she's got the sword, and I'm like, fucking Ravenger. Yep. Like, it's, it's not Rose Wilson, but it is Rose Wilson, and... I cannot wait. This is a finale where last season they blew up what a third of the city killed a main character. In a rather And that's in a two parter. Yeah. This is technically a four parter and they've basically got an army going against the city. The city's effectively lost and no one knows it. 
and there's already a main character dead. Yep. So let's wait and see. And and uh, Colton Hayes was in um, TV Guide saying, "Oh God, no, Sasha, don't do that." The cat's totally gonna yak. Yeah, it's a hairball, right? Stop! Stop looking at it, Doug. Here it comes. Really, really. Oh, my computer's blocking it. No, it's just liquid. Oh, so you're just gonna let it sit there? No, I'll get it in a minute. Um. So uh, Colton Hayes says. Cleaner after you leave. Colton Hayes says uh, this is one of the biggest. Uh, let's move on. This is uh, one of the biggest um, set pieces they've ever built for the show. Which is and it's one of the most cool. um, intense fighting scenes that they've ever choreographed for the show. So I'm obviously it's going to be Ollie versus Slade, and and uh, uh, Ravenger versus Diggle, and uh, I don't know Felicity Smoke versus Internet Explorer. I'm not sure who she's going to fight. Chrome. <laughs> yeah, she'll <laughs> she'll uh, she'll probably find a patch for something. I don't I don't. Moving on. Moving on. The internet told me I'm wrong. Um, no it didn't, because we're fucking awesome. No corrections this week. Yeah. Uh, mistakes I made this week. I made the mistake of thinking that when the Avalanche were knocked out of playoffs on Wednesday that my work schedule would calm down a scooch. You fool, it's sports. Like I it said, always happens. Hockey's not done yet. Also, NBA playoffs. Oh yeah, but that doesn't affect me at work. I was going to say, but no, hockey's not done yet, and I just got fucking run over at work last night because of the Chicago game. Cross-checked? Yeah, sure. I think it was sports thing. You, however, did have a mistake that you made, actually, for the last couple weeks. Yep, I've been maintaining that Havoc died in X-Men First Class, thus leading to my confusion on why the fuck he's on Days of Future Past, which is coming out in a couple weeks. It turns out I'm a moron. Um, and Havoc... And I didn't have to look this up. It like, just hit my brain like a... I don't know. Reverse lightning bolt, I guess. Um, Havoc did not die. It was Darwin. Spoiler alerts. Should have watched the movie two years ago before the sequel was coming out. Um, and I liked Darwin a lot. Uh, I loved uh, when Peter David used him in X-Factor. But, uh... So, yeah. Singing it, competition? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You can't let me say assy comments. You could say them all the time. It was Darwin from Britain's Got Talent, you asshole. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Damn you, Simon Cowell. And your philandering dick. Um... He knocked up his best friend's girl. Like, what the fuck? I can't believe you're the one talking about celebrity gossip. That's old news at this point, because that kid's, I think, almost here. Alright? Been here for a while. The kid? It's a boy. Been around for a few months now. Did it, like, come out and he's like, I don't like it! I don't know. Put it back. Social contract, asshole. I don't think we actually have one this week. Um, I don't know. Newton's Law. Don't be a dick. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. Executive producers, Deb Barnett and Doug Nickberg. 
You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and BACN Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!